TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at redrivertoyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. He is columnist of the Daily Memphian. He is host of the Jeff Calkin Show from 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. He is Jeff Calkins. Jeff, how's it going? Good. You? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Did you? What, what type of uh, cell service do you have, curiously? Did you get affected I by the AT&T? AT&T? Oh, did you? Were, were, did you struggle? Uh, I didn't really suffer. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Connor and I were talking about it at the break. If you have Wi-Fi wherever you're at, you're... What was the nature of the what, – what the hell happened? Um, I don't think we actually have real answers at the current moment. They just say disruption. That's, that's all I have read. There was a disruption until 2 p.m. Central time. Well, uh, no, I think I mostly sailed through. Yeah, yeah. And you were in here with Wi-Fi, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. Well, I was there with Wi-Fi, yeah, but – yeah, just generally. I mean, it is weird. There were a couple calls that just did not go through, and for those, I used FaceTime audio, Facebook audio, what the hell it's called. Um, so maybe I was marginally affected. Yeah, but you it know what happens? How when... incredibly vulnerable we are to all yeah. this stuff, you know? Well, you know that the conspiracy theorists are saying cyber. it was a cyber attack. Right. So not a very good cyber attack if the Wi-Fi China. still works, if you're on the... If you're on your damn phone. Yeah, of course. Of course. Where's Alex Jones? He's probably he's probably got that for us. Um now let's uh, let's hop into the Tigers. Tigers handled business 76 to 52, 36 to 17 in the second half. Um positive results and I think that uh I Penny made some pretty meaningful adjustments that that led to that. Uh, I mean, of course it was positive relative to, you know, the alternative. I thought there were two you know, central questions going into last night's game. One, well, were we going to learn anything about, you know, who we thought was all in by who Penny was going to play and who Penny was not going to play? I was intrigued by how that would all look. And I think, like everybody else, actually I think it was on your show that we began to get an inkling that Quinnergley was going to start, and that was surprising, you know. And then I actually thought Penny did the sensible thing. I didn't. I didn't have much um, faith that if he had just gone with 
you know, the the the, the uh, Sharon Fonts and Coopers of the world. Not n- n- no disrespect at all. I think you know, Cooper acquitted himself well, um, but that was not the way to get the best. You know, the mo- the most out of this team, and so. Some might have been surprised. I was surprised, but I thought it was the thoughtful decision to say, I need to go with my best players and hope that tomorrow night they will, last night, I mean, they were all in. You know what I mean? I got, I got the sense that the all in, it, it was more um, moment specific. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, are they all in and all out? It's like, are they going to be all in tonight? And so that's what, and I thought they were. So, but we didn't really learn much about, um, you know, who he was um, down on. I guess Jaquan Walton, but then, then he played him a bunch of minutes and Jaquan Walton was good. So that was the first question I had. What were we going to learn about that? And then the second question was, how are they going to respond? Because you've said this before. We talked yesterday about teams that have just totally gone in the tank. And this team had every opportunity, given the criticism they were getting from their head coach, from each other, from the television broadcast team and on social media, uh, they had every opportunity to throw in the towel and they did not. So I thought for both of those reasons, it was, uh, it was a good night. It didn't answer all the big questions, of course, but um, you know, it was funny because John, John returned to the area radio airwaves today. And he's like, yeah, I just can't get past Sunday's loss. You know, this is a team that quit. I'm down on this team. I said, well, and maybe it's because we've been talking about that for three days, but it doesn't mean that I'm all in on the prospects of this team. Of course not. But was last night a positive? Of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to act like they're going to make the NCAA tournament just because they won a game last night. Right. Uh, but I do, I do but think you also like don't have to disregard the fact that they won a game last and, night. And, I, and, 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 and in the fashion, they won it, too. Yeah. Like it was 24 points. It was a beatdown. And, and, you know, I thought, you know, Penny talking about the offensive sets and scripting the game. That is a unbelievably welcome change. And then also, they didn't press once. They just sort of played in the half court, sat down and played defense, which is what we've been calling for for probably about, you know, going on three, four weeks. I, I thought, you know, it doesn't mean that I think they're going to be consistent and continually put out, you know, efforts like they did last night. But some of the changes definitely give me a little bit of hope, I guess is the way I can put it. Maybe give me a little bit of uh, thought process behind them, some staying power. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, in, I, I was um, encouraged by, again, we, we said going in last night, it wasn't a great offensive rebounding team. But you just, first of all, I'm mostly encouraged by the effort, right? Yes, it was clear. Of course. Even, even when they were falling behind in the first half, and Charlotte was hitting 80% of its shots, and all the threes were going in, and the, the coverages on the threes were not perfect. Um, at that moment, you're like, well, hell, uh, you know, they're trying hard, and they're still down. Maybe they're going to quit, and they didn't. And they, it felt like, um, you know, they were getting offensive rebounds. They were getting second-chance points. They were engaged in a way that if they had simply been that engaged all along, they wouldn't be in the – in the fix that they're in. It was interesting, the scripting stuff, because until Penny said that, <laughs> I, I hadn't watching the game thought, oh, my goodness, this offense looks totally different. It's scripted. <laughs> Did you? like? Well, no, the only, the only thought that came to my head until he said that is they were moving the ball and actually passing. They were moving the ball more. There were, there were you know, several times when you had, you know, four or five passes, which you often don't have. But 
um, you know, you still had a bunch of turnovers. It didn't, it didn't look like a, you know, Princeton offense here or something. It didn't. And so, um, that, the, 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 that took, I, I, I take that a little bit with a grain of salt, how heavily scripted it was. Um, was it scripted when David Jones was sort of acting as point guard and dribbling into, you know, in the first dribbling, <laughs> right. you know, I don't know. Was that scripted? I don't. So there were moments that certainly looked unscripted, but, um, I guess less wild is the other way to put it. Like Penny said at another point, he said the offense can get wild. But let's be honest, it's not been the offense that fundamentally has been the problem. It's been the defense that has been the problem. And here you held Charlotte to their lowest point total of the season. And, um, you know, and, and, and it was one of the better defensive games from Memphis this, this year. So um, to me, that was all encouraging. Um, what it means, here's what it means. It means I am more interested in Sunday than I otherwise would have been. It still would have been interesting just because all that, you know, it brings back the echoes of the, the of last year's tournament loss, but I'm more interested in it. And all you can have at this point is some hope, right? Yeah. Some hope that they're going to, that they're going to repeat the El Paso performance or whatever, <laughs> Josh Pastner. And, and when they play hard and together, there's not a lot of teams with more talent. There's certainly there is certainly no team in the conference that they can't beat when they play well and together, and they did last night. And so that was good. Yeah, and if Penny runs out the same lineup, which I'd imagine he will with Naquan Tomlin at the three, that game on Sunday is going to look hilarious on TV, isn't it? <laughs> Tiny versus absolutely right. massive. Three bigs, and your three is six eleven. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long Penny sticks to that, how well it holds up. Obviously, um, you know, uh, Charlotte's a bigger team, and so you know, it, I don't, I don't know how, um, how much Charlotte specific that was, um, I, but I, I would think he'd start the same group. Um, but you know, we saw Jaquan Walton pretty early, and yeah. he got, you know, even though he was whatever in the doghouse or whatever, he got more than thirty minutes. I thought he was good too. I thought he was super engaged. I was, he was engaged. He got the double technical, you know, as he was checking into the game. So. Um, all that was all that was positive. Yeah, you like the technical, huh? You like the energy. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's funny when when it felt like one of the the, the turning points, just such as there were, was when um, when when Charlotte got the technical, or you know, um, the bench technical. That was not helpful. I mean, that sort of helped Memphis. I mean, it was not helpful to Charlotte. So, no, I'm not in love with getting technicals, but I don't mind a double technical, and I don't mind a double technical when you're getting a tech, when you're getting a foul on their best player. You know, that seems helpful to me. All right, now college football playoff. Pete Thamel reporting yesterday. There's talk of a 14-team playoff starting in 2026. Uh, they've also talked about a 16-team model. Different options were were heavily discussed at the meeting uh, with the college football playoff committee. <sighs> I just, I mean, the question, well, the, the question is just why we we haven't even experienced twelve. And well, actually, I know the why. I know the why, but like it's so see through that it's bothersome. Like, just keep adding. They're an ATM. They're a walking ATM. They just signed a seven point eight billion dollar contract. We want to add more teams for more money for more TV ratings. I just uh, why can't we experience twelve before we decide to expand? Well, A, they have to, I think they sort of have to decide what's, you know, I think that it, they have to come up with a new contract and then you have to know what the future is going to look like. So basically you want to, do you want them to extend um, 12? I, do you have any particular objection to 16? 
Like, I don't, I, I, 16 doesn't bother me. I, I mean, it just continues. I mean, I, the only thing I, mean, I can come point, up, it just, it just, like, it, at 12 versus 16, not that big a difference, but I guess it just cheapens and, and, and hurts more bulls. That's, that's all I can really come up with. And, uh, and, and I think that it's just t- inclusive it to the point. Bulls. It's well, inclusive well, to the it, point. It, it, it does not, the ball, bulls are already totally irrelevant, right? And it doesn't hurt a single other bull. Um, so it doesn't hurt more bulls. It, I think the best argument against 16, and I don't know, like, like it, 16, you know. 12 and 16, it's the same exact arguments. Does it ruin the NFL playoffs for you that half the team makes playoffs? It, it's, the same, it's the same arguments, 12 to 16. I'll give you that. It's the same exact no, arguments. I, the, the, the argument that I actually think that Jeffrey made against 16 as compared to 12, and I think this is okay, is, or is a reasonable argument. Is in the twelve team, you get the four buys, right? And so, a, it rewards the teams getting the buys, and that rewards conference champions, and that's good. And then, b, you're going to have more competitive games in the first round because with sixteen, you're going to have one versus sixteen, and two versus fifteen, and there you could get some ugly games. Whereas, if you have the first, if you have twelve. You have the four teams with buy sit it out, and so you know your 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 twelfth team is playing five, and is not having to play, you know, Alabama or Georgia, presumably. So it would have been Liberty this year. They would have been playing five. They wouldn't have been playing one. And I actually think that's a reasonable argument that you get with twelve, you'll get better games. I have fundamentally though been in favor of. I'm not in favor of 32 or 64 or watering it down, but I don't think a 16-team playoff is watered down or cheapens anything. I think a 16-team playoff is actually probably the right number. I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something. I didn't read that it would be 1 verse 16, 2 verse 15. I mean, there still talks through that. You could still fit in buys if you needed to. You could still fit in buys, theoretically. I guess you would... I mean, with with twelve, there's going to be buys. Yes, so, yeah, you, yeah. There's you know four. There's, there's four buys. buys with with the number with sixteen. I guess you could have you can have you know, but but with sixteen, it, it feels like it would be just a, a pure bracket, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know how it would work with buys otherwise. But yeah. um, but um, I'm not. The, the, the weird thing is, is that for the longest time, they stayed at two, and I thought that was insane. When I were, in fact, and then I would say, when I, there's all this money to be made, why are they staying at two? When there's all this money to be made, why are they staying at four? I thought that was stupid and absurd. Now, of course, the truth of the matter is, the real reason was there was less money, but they knew at least they had full control over the money, right? Yeah. They didn't want to share the money with Group of Five or anyone else. So I think that is partly what motivated it and, and also protecting the bulls. Um, motivated it, but it is sort of weird. They were criticized for not expanding for forever, and now, I mean, I, I don't actually think they're being roundly criticized for for looking to sixteen. I'd be fine with sixteen. Sixteen does not bother me. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I do mean, want. I do want automatic. I do want automatic qualifiers. That yeah, would bother. I want me. access. But and who knows? I mean, that, that may be like if you had this year. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. 
Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You would not have had a group. If there was not automatic access for a group of five champion, you would not have had a group of five team ranking high enough to make the playoffs. The, the, the argument that I hear the most from people that wanted to stay at four or at the most six, and the argument I do understand and I can latch on to is the one where, okay, Michigan and Ohio State play during the regular season. It's usually a play-in game to the college football playoff. Seemingly, you're cheapening that result if they get to play each other uh, on the back end because likely they're both going to be in a 12-team playoff if they have one or two losses. Like, I get yes. that. I get that point. But at the same time, you I, are, I still... You are, you, what you're doing is you are... There's no question. Like, the idea that you are watering down the regular season is universally is not you, true. You are, at the very top... You're you watering, watering down, down the huge matchups. Games. What you're doing is you're creating more meaningful games... But, for other teams that will be playing for a role into this into the sweet six into the sixteen, not sweet sixteen, into the sixteen or the twelve. And so it's not you are not cheapening the regular season. You're cheapening the regular season among the very elitist of elite programs. But but by, by having it expanded to sixteen, you're gonna have games matter at the end between teams who are desperately fighting to get to 16. You're going to have teams that have lost one or two games early in the season, and the season is no longer meaningless because you have a chance to get into a 16-team playoff. So it's, it's to say that it cheapens or waters down or makes meaningless the regular season is simply not true. It makes certain games yes. ultimately less meaningful and many more games ultimately more meaningful. Yes, I think I think that's fair. That's a fair one. Now, I will say this, though, for those people that think it cheapens the bigger games. Yes, okay. In theory, I get your point. I remember, though, Alabama versus Georgia in the SEC championship. Alabama gets over top. Then they meet each other in the national championship, and uh, Georgia gets over top. That was, that, to me, that was phenomenal TV. Like, the, the chance at redemption, I think is very sellable. And I think that's something that is a little short-sighted in the, the, the people who have that argument's mind. I think having to play a team twice, uh, having to make sure you beat them twice, the other team having a redemption in a more meaningful game, I think that, that, is, that is good right. TV. That's good you TV. Won't, you won't always get the rematch. Like you you, if you won't always if get it. If you're Georgia this year, um, you lost to Alabama, and you're out. 
and um, and that is what happened to you. Um, it, next year, you would have lost to Alabama, and you still would have been in. And so that would have unquestionably made that game uh, between Alabama and Georgia uh, in the SEC would have would have would have meant less. I mean, just would have because Alabama because Georgia would have qualified anyway. And they may or may not have played Alabama again if they had, you know, whatever, in, a, in an expanded playoff. So there's no question that's true, um, that it does particular, you know, that it, it's, it's one reason why I actually like the buys. The, is having the buys and the home field advantage in the first round, you're at least then playing for something, right? You're playing for a buy if you win your conference championship. You're playing for a chance to host a game in the first round if you're, play, if you, if you're doing that. So that's one reason I do like that. Um, yeah. I'll say this, as a, as a guy who watched my Bills beat Kansas City every freaking year in the regular season and then lose to them every year in the playoffs, not very satisfying to win the regular season game. Yes. Not very satisfying. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins. Uh, Grizzlies get going tomorrow night. We have the NBA starting back up. 26 games left. Uh, Enjoyability meter. I, I can't. I can't imagine it's too high. I think it's fun to you know watch Gigi and Vince and see what they can do down the stretch. But these last twenty six games, we're going to be on NBA draft analysis mode. I'd imagine when it comes to the Grizzlies. I think so. Chris Harrington wrote a piece in the Daily Memphis today about the you know what's left, and Gigi I think is is the most entertaining thing right that's left. Um, Honestly, like Vince is entertaining, but I'm kind of already, you know, convinced. I don't know what else I need to see. With Gigi, there's still, how's the whole shooting going to hold up? How is he, you know, how is he going to react to bad games? How is he, how's his defense going to hold up? How's he going to look playing maybe as the, you know, big next to Jaren? Like, there are things with Gigi that are interesting. It'll be fun. Oh, again, this is, this is all, you know, looking for, looking for things. It's not, this is yes. not, not to be compared with, with most of our, recent springs when you're gearing up for the playoffs. And then, you know, if you're interested um, to see what Zaire or Jake LaRavia or Santi Aldama can do to, I mean, obviously different circumstances, all of them. Santi's not, Santi's not in the same boat as the other two, but for one reason or another, I think they've all had disappointing years. What can they do to try to resurrect um, some, their season to some extent um, is interesting. And then you do have some games. You've got Wemby is going to be coming in again. Right. You've got LeBron, both of his visits, if he plays. Um, you've got those two. Uh, I don't imagine I can get you too excited about the Tyus Jones return game, <laughs> but, but there's that. And then, of course, the highlight, Mark Gasol, you know, yep. the, the Mark retirement game. So there are things. There's just not a lot of things. Yeah. Now, uh, Jake LaRavia, he's questionable for tomorrow night's game. I, I'd imagine Lamar Stevens and Utah have to take a back seat while we get uh, shameless Jake LaRavia minutes to see what he has for the rest of the year. What you brought up, LeBron? I, I get a kick out of him. First game out of the All Star break, having an ankle <laughs> issue. Come on, man! I, it's just wild, and it's it's a TNT game. I know that Adam Silver's just uh, the, the people in the NBA office have to be a little bit frustrated with that if if you were putting yourself in harm's way with your ankle by playing in the all-star game you probably shouldn't have played in the all-star game it's probably true but lebron plays you know lebron actually right. has a pretty good record of playing you know so um and when he's still going and is he 39 yes he's 39 39 when he's saying you know whatever um, but yes, 
it is a little comical. First game back. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jeff, I appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you, game. Yes, sir. That is Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. Follow all of his work, dailyminfian.com. He's a columnist there and 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN is where you can catch the Jeff Calkins show. Now, I mentioned with Jeff, the NBA is starting up tonight. We'll talk about LeBron uh, missing game one out of the All-Star break, and then we'll uh, we'll look ahead and see what the Grizzlies have coming down uh, the stretch of the season. And uh, notably, I want to talk about G.G. Jackson and the mindset that he seems to have adopted after uh, what the beginning of his you know basketball career at the higher levels seemed like it did not go his way. Seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. I'll play some sound here on the other side and tell you why I believe that to be true. Right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, I have a couple of things on the Tiger Athletic Department before we hop into the NBA returning tonight. Most teams return, and then uh, tomorrow the Grizzlies will return to the floor in FedEx Forum against the Clippers. But uh, first, I want to go to baseball really quick. Now, they're not having the greatest start. They're 2-2 two and two at this moment. But yesterday, did you see they had seven bombs in a game that tied a program record um, against Central Arkansas? They won 14-4. to four. That is a lot of home runs to hit in a college baseball game. I think we can admit that much. Now, I, I've talked to Matt Reiser in the offseason. Uh, still talk with him sort of off-air now. I, I, I like what he's building there. I think that baseball program is going to be successful going into the future. Also, worth mentioning, Laird Veach. Um, Obviously, the athletic director here at the University of Memphis, he has been tied to the Mizzou athletic director job. And he was tied to it uh, the, the first time around when Desiree Reed Francois got the job. Now, she has been hired at Arizona for a little bit more money uh, as far as incentives are concerned. Um, but Laird has been tied to that. He has, uh, you know, uh, previously been at Mizzou in a smaller capacity when they were in the Big 12. That's why he has Big 12 ties. Um, but he is a guy that's tied very closely with that Mizzou job. We'll see what happens there, but that could be a, that could be uh, sort of something that the, that the Tigers have to look into right this second. Talk about the Memphis Tigers. If they lose Laird Veach at the top of this athletic department, uh, there's, there's, there's a void there. I know there's some people that have been very critical of Laird, um, but what he has done, I think, in putting pressure on the city and on, on the city council in general and trying to get the new stadium upgrades up, um, I, I, I do applaud him for that in particular. Um, I, I, he obviously has not uh, made any hire besides the, the Ryan Silverfield hire, um, which right now looks okay with the 10-win season. But, you know, if he if he is sort of poached there by Mizzou, it's going to be a, a nice little uh, uh, search for the next athletic director. So pay attention to that. Now, the NBA is returning tonight, and we have two TNT games um, because it is TNT Thursday. Uh, Suns and Mavs will be the first one. Mavs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Suns at 6.30. But then the late game is the one that everybody was paying attention to. They knew that this was coming. Um, and it's a TNT game, and it is the Lakers visiting the Warriors. Now, there's a big issue with tonight's game, and that has to do with LeBron James. LeBron James out game one out of the All-Star break. 
I try to make sense of these things. I really do. But I can't make sense of it. You had, you had about a week and some change to get yourself right. Um, if, you, if you felt as if the All-Star game was going to put you in a position to not be able to play this game, I don't know why you played in the All-Star game. I guess there's some pride involved with that. But LeBron James and Steph Curry is one of the few matchups at this point with where the NBA is at ratings-wise during the regular season. That is a matchup that we all gather around the TV to watch, regardless of what time it is. And we've had, we had a classic earlier in the year. Uh, between these two teams when LeBron and Steph were on the floor. Not having LeBron in this game, um, not knowing when we're going to be able to see that next, that's frustrating, man. That's frustrating. It's why it's just a highlight of why, you know, the NBA and the regular season just has consistently been diminished as far as the watchability on TV. Now, I understand that, you know, the commissioner's office, They've tried to make different things a reality with the new CBA, the 65-game minimum, to force guys onto the floor. Um, I, I, I like the thought process behind that. But having LeBron James out right out of the All-Star break, nationally televised game, TNT against Steph Curry, that's just that's, – that's, other sports don't struggle with things like this. Other, other leagues don't struggle with these same exact – types of things and the NBA and I understand how long the season is I understand uh, the wear and tear but this is directly out of the all-star break I don't know how excusable this type of thing is now LeBron James said that he was going to get some ankle work done after the all-star game clearly that's the case because he's out with an ankle tonight but that just I I, I don't I don't know if I can excuse that I it's frustrating it's frustrating it's just very clear that the All-Star game is too competitive, and it's taking out our star players. It's, no, it's, uh, it's frustrating. With LeBron, though, he has been playing this year, and he's been playing as no, much no, as no, he no. can. No, 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 I'm not. So I'm not, it's, it's frustrating. I'm not going after LeBron directly. I, I just think the, the, this happens all too often throughout the NBA regular season and why, as a TV product, it gets diminished, man. It gets yeah. diminished, and you have people buying tickets to go watch this type of matchup. And then they realize that LeBron James, the face of the league, one of the goats in the goat discussion alongside Michael Jordan, he's not going to be on the floor. Those, t- those, you know, those those ticket prices were marked up. I just think it's it's. I'm I'm not going after LeBron. I'm just going after the frustration that you have as a consumer of the NBA when you pay for this excitement and you want to see the excitement. And you're not going to get it. It doesn't deliver. Sure. I understand that frustration. I just, I just do, I do think that there's a difference between like a guy actually being hurt and then just sitting. Um, but I understand the point that you're trying to make. It's just, it's unfortunate that it is the first big game out of the All Star break. You want to see your two stars, and when that game got scheduled, I think everybody circled it as, okay, these guys are going to get a rest. They're going to be good to go down and the it, stretch of the season. Of, this gonna, is, it's just going to be a fun way. Have to fight. It'll be, you know, it'll be a fun way to start the back half of the year, the last half of the year for the NBA, and it's just unfortunate that you're not going to get that matchup because there's always fireworks when it's LeBron and Steph. Yes, 100%. Um, now, for the Grizzlies, they will be uh, going against the Clippers tomorrow, 7 p.m. We'll be out at 6.30. We'll, we'll pass you off to Jessica Benson for pregame then. Um, but they are nine-and-a-half-point dogs. And they, they're, they're, their injury report just did get published, and let me go ahead and pull it up really quick so I can give you the full thing. In all of its glory, because we have had a we have had a lot to talk about when it comes to Grizzlies 
and their their status reports. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is probable. He's likely going to play. And then questionable, he's been upgraded. Jake LaRavia, after his left ankle sprain, he suffered uh, a while back. So it looks like he's going to return to the lineup. I would imagine they're going to do just about everything they can to try to get Jake LaRavia involved down the stretch of the season to see if he's a guy that can stick on this roster. Uh, obviously, I think at this point, down roster because they found some answers on the wing, but they're going to see what they have in a guy that they picked 19 overall uh, just, just two years ago. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to do that. Um, I understand why it might be frustrating for for some because it does appear, or the assumption is that the minutes will come from Stevens and Yuta. Honestly, we kind of know what Yuta is. I'm okay if minutes come from him at this point in the season, especially with the mystery of what he may be next year for this Grizzlies team. Stevens is the one that you don't necessarily want the minutes to be taken. He's been playing really good ball, showing signs of being a dirty work guy, a dog on the court. But ultimately, at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or not, you've got to find out what your 19th overall pick has. And it truly feels like this is his last shot. You could argue he's gotten too many at this point. You could also argue that every single time he has an opportunity to, you know, show what he can do, he gets injured, which may be an overall problem. So we're going to see what happens. If he rolls out there and he's not very good, we don't need to see him too much. Because I do think that a lot of us think that we already know what Jake LaRavia is. And I'm not sure his skill set, I, I just don't know if it's a fit for this Grizzlies team. I'm not saying he can't be successful in the NBA overall. It's just what he needs to do to be successful on this Memphis Grizzlies team, I'm not sure he has the ability to do yet. He needs more time. And it's just, I'm interested to see what he looks like because he has shown little to no flashes in the past. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not a uh, Jake LaRavia believer. I think everybody's sort of in that boat firmly. One, he can't stay healthy. I think that's pretty massive in the grand scheme of things. Uh, two, when we look at his skill set, he's not a guy that was young as hell. He's not the G.G. Jackson mold where he's right, coming in right. the league at 19 or 20 years old. And you're like, oh, in two or three years, he, can be, he came in the league at 22 years old. And when you look at his actual skill set, Defensively, I'd say he's minus on the defensive end. Not only does he get lost, but he doesn't have the athleticism to make up on the defensive end. Um, He's not a dirty work guy. He's not some guy that's going to be a double-digit rebounder at any point in his career. So what you look at is, okay, what can he do offensively? Can he knock down a three ball? Not really. (laughs) Not really. In theory. (laughs) In theory, yes. He can put up a three ball, and he's got a decent stroke, but it doesn't actually go in all the time. So I I, I just look at at what he is – and I don't really believe in him. Now, that being said, <laughs> all that being said, all that being said, while some people are going to take issue with the shameless Jake LaRavia minutes, I am it doesn't, firmly, it doesn't matter. I'm firmly in the camp that I honestly want them to give the shameless Jake LaRavia minutes. You've you got took to find this out. guy, you, 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 you used a 19th overall pick for him. Why the hell would you not take the opportunity at 20 and 36 to play him night to night to see what the hell he has? Even if he has nothing, you at least know what you're going to do with him going into the future. Why the hell not? I know people are going to be, oh, Lamar Stevens and Yuta are going to have their minutes. I don't care about Yuta Watanabe minutes. I, quite frankly, I'm not really all that interested in Lamar Stevens' minutes because I know that he is an expiring contract and the likelihood of him getting re-upped is very low unless he gets a bunch of minutes and just consistently is doing what he's been doing in the first couple of games with the Grizzlies, which is double-digit points, uh, timely rebounding, dirty work. But, you know, I, 
the the last 26 games are not going to be that fun anyway. So why not throw the 19th overall pick out there to just try to, you know, experiment, see what the hell he has. I don't think people need to view this in some negative way because I don't think eh, you shouldn't be interested in, in a whole bunch of wins in the, in the next 26. You need a final answer. It, it, it's it's the final exam for Jake I, I mean, for me, have I have final my answer. final answer. Sure, but, but the, team but the Grizzlies it. Yeah, need the Grizzlies it. need it. You also, you know, there is a conversation to be had about can he help his tradeability in this last 26 games too. There are, there are a few reasons to roll him out there. At the end of the day, though, you hit the nail on the head. The minutes that he should. Now, it will be a problem if he's taking minutes away from other people. But if it's Yuda and Stevens... <laughs> There's not much of a problem there. <laughs> I, I am very interested in Stevens as a potential Conchar replacement if they decide to move off of Conchar this offseason as well. Um, but I think that they kind of know what Stevens can be in the NBA already, as you said. He's 26. So you just, you've got to find out what Jake LaRavia is. And, you know, as Rick Pitino would say, he can't move laterally. <laughs> he just cannot. He cannot. He's just got to, here's, here's what he's got to do, honestly. Every time he touches the ball, around the three-point line, shoot it. Yeah. Because one of his biggest issues is that he just won't shoot, and if you're going to be a three-point shooter, and that's really the only thing that you can give positively to an NBA team right now, if you don't shoot, you're not helping. Just shoot. Okay. One of his biggest issues, I'm glad you said one of his biggest issues. No, I, the, one. <laughs> I, I, I think am, there I are. Not pretending I think there are a few things is, that I'd yeah. put over his, his Listen. not shooting. Sometimes I don't want to see him shoot, but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, hey, look at look at it this way: if you don't like the Jake Laravia minutes and you believe he causes the team to play losing basketball, you're getting closer to a better pick. Look at look at it that way. Look at it, the glass half full. Look at that. If he plays, and here's here's the secret. Here's the real secret: if he plays, or if he doesn't play, they're probably going to play losing <laughs> basketball. Like, like that's the secret. That's the secret. Just there. don't don't touch the GG minutes, and I'm fine. Yes. Now, uh, Jacob Gilliard, we're coming up on the end. Man. Yeah. Two more games until that limit on a two way contract. What an effort he's given. Golly, shout out Gilly. Shout out. I hope he lands on his feet somewhere, man. Give him a round of applause. Also. G.G. Jackson, we know he's converted. I want to see what he has for the rest of the year. And I think most people are, you know, asking about maturity because that was one of the biggest things coming out of the NBA draft. Is he mature enough? (laughs) There's, like, you know, reports of him vaping on a team plane and all these different things. And he's had four fines, and he had the one-game suspension for a violation of team rules. Um, But, you know, the more I hear him talk, the more I hear him speak, and I know words are just words and actions speak louder, but the more I hear him speak as a 19-year-old, and, you know, uh, when he speaks on his situation at South Carolina and getting picked at 45th, and that's why his number is 45, the more I start to fall in love with this kid in, in, in the maturity that could build. And, and this was him. I want to play this sound. He was with Kelsey. Um, Kelsey. Uh, John, what, what, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey Wright. Sorry of uh, Grind City Media. It slipped my mind there for a second. And, and he was sort of speaking on his situation in, in, you know, his, you know, adventure into the NBA and into the Grizzlies. This is what he had to say. What's one thing that you're proud of yourself for? Just not giving up. When training camp started, and even before that, when we was having open runs in the summer, literally every day I was going back home crying. Like... It was so bad. I was, I've never felt 
like I was bad at basketball before, other than when I first joined CP3, and then when I got here, I was like, the gap between me and these dudes is like crazy. But I stuck with it. I had to grind it out. I had to understand that, that yeah, you're young, but like you're here for a reason. And that just kept pushing me. Uh, like I've never shot the ball as well as I'm shooting it right now. And uh, from the film, it looks like I belong out there. It does. It absolutely does. It, it, what he's talking about, it sort of feels like he's almost explaining imposter syndrome. And a guy like him with the skill set he has, you shouldn't have that. But it doesn't translate to the court. It doesn't look like that on the floor. But to see like the sort of intrusive look, he's, he's, he's looking within himself to find motivation. He's clearly found that with this Grizzlies organization. I think we're all happy for it, and we'll see what he does with the last 26 games of this season. Now, we have small talk on the other side, and Johnny Manziel gave the quote of the century uh, yesterday on Shannon Sharp's podcast. We'll get to that next. Ball, every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m., except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. And small talk is brought to you by Conway Services, reputable service available seven days a week. Now, Johnny Mangel uh, was on the Club Shay Shay podcast with Shannon Sharp, and it's, it's a really good one. Go check it out if you haven't already, and he's very open and honest about his days at Texas A&M and then also uh, with the Cleveland Browns. He said that he got $3 million while he's at Texas A&M. I think that's very interesting, but that's pre-NIL, by the way. Um, but he was, he was talking about when he left the Browns, he said he was 210 pounds when he left Cleveland. And by the time he was in Vegas by himself, staying in bed most of the day, he said he's 170 pounds. So it sounds like a tremendous weight loss program. So Club uh, Shannon Sharp decided to ask him, you know, how did you lose, you know, upwards of 40 pounds that quickly? And what Johnny Manziel said, he said, how do you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. <laughs> so there is Johnny Manziel and the weight loss program that he has thrown out there. Um, and he's very honest about it. I, I, it seems like he's in a better headspace than he than he has been in quite some time. Certainly does. Yes, because he can admit his wrongs, and I, it's it's tough to go through what he went through. He also went after Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, he said, was a thorn in his side the entire time he was with the Browns. But I get it. Johnny Mantell didn't didn't you know um, study any film. Didn't, he didn't do care like that. He didn't care. Yeah. And Brian Hoyer has been a long time, you know. You're dealing with professionals at that level, so you could see where Johnny Manziel and the unprofessionalism would rub a lot of the professionals the wrong way. Correct. I completely get that. Now, Community FISBO, reach out to them if you're trying to sell your house. Uh, FISBO, F-S-B-O, is for sale by owner, so you will have the tools to make yourself your own boss when it comes to selling your home. Now, Community FISBO is new, and it's a great idea. They have three separate packages that lets you take advantage of the next-gen FISBO process. What's the next-gen FISBO process, you ask? Well, you pick a package. They have three separate packages, and then they handle everything from professional photography, interactive 3D walkthroughs, floor plans, room measurements, and, of course, listing. That's the big thing. Then you will field offers, and you are on your way. And the money savings are unreal. Uh, you use a, uh, Using an example of a 2,000-square-foot home selling for $350,000 at a 3% realtor listing fee of 10500 bucks. You can save up to nearly $9,800 using one of their packages. Uh, if you're looking to sell your home, seriously, look into Community FISBO. It's an unreal next-gen process that you are sure to latch on to. Check them out at communityfsbo.com. That's communityfsbo.com. Or give them a call, 901-660-FISBO. Easy to remember. 
um, 901-660-3726. But make sure if you're in uh, the housing market, you're trying to sell your house, reach out to them, give them a call. Coming up next, we have to talk some NBA as it returns tonight with Trevor Lane right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 